the show and tell now, shall we? What's good, beautiful people of the world? I am Kid Toilet Paper, and that will make a lot more sense if you follow us on social media at Let's Show and Tell. But I'm better known as Creator K, and welcome to episode 28 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-weekly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. In this episode, I am joined by personal trainer and online health coach Tiana Young, a talented, knowledgeable, and overall great human being who is currently dedicating her life to improving people's health, especially those who are touring artists and traveling professionals. In part one of the episode, Tiana shares how she started her journey in the fitness world and the things she's learned that she now shares with those she works with. We also spoke in depth about motivation, fighting the good fight against your brain when trying to build positive habits and break negative ones, and how we view ourselves compared to how we think others view us. In part two, Tiana shares a memento that was accidentally created in a way, which adds to the weight of its importance in her life as it represents part of her journey. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation we had and took a lot away from it, so I hope it has the same or a similar effect on you, makes you think about some stuff or some things. You guys ever think about stuff? (laughs) I, I don't know. Anyway, let's just get into it. It's time for show and tell. Welcome to episode 28 of the Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Creator K, and joining me on this lovely evening, I hope it's as lovely in New York as it is in Boston, where my guest is located, is personal trainer and online health coach, Tiana Young. Wow. Nothing like starting off the episode with terrible singing. That was great. I love that. You don't have to lie. All my guests lie to me. I know that they lie to me because last episode, I didn't sing. I didn't do it. I told myself, I was like, it doesn't even sound good. I don't know why I'm doing it. But then my guest, Andreas, got, he was like looking forward to it. So I let him down. So that's why I brought it back. And I'm a little rusty, clearly. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so Tiana Young, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, it's weird times, but all things considered, I'm healthy and I'm here. And so things are good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all that really matters. As long as you're in good spirits, I think that's the most important thing is that we're all staying positive. So I'm glad you're at that at that state right now. Yeah. Thankfully, not not going totally crazy yet. It's a it's a battle. But (laughs) yeah, for the listeners who don't know who you are, why don't we or why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you do? All right. Um, I'm Tiana. I am located in Brooklyn, but I was originally born and raised in California. So I came out to Brooklyn about two years ago. Right now, my entire thing, I guess, is that I am a health coach. So I've been a personal trainer for a few years now. I've gradually brought a lot of my business online, which I really like. It allows me to work with people from California to, I mean, all across the U.S., even some people out of the country, which has been really awesome. Um, And as of recently, I've been working with a lot of musicians. So a lot of people that are touring, um, producers, trying to help them with better health habits. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my thing. <laughs> so so before I ask you how you got involved with musicians, because I'm really curious about that. And I think you'll bring a great perspective to the listeners, because I'm sure most of if not all of the listeners are creatives of some sort. How did you get into fitness? Because I know that a lot of my friends who have become personal trainers or um, strength and conditioning coaches, they kind of all started as athletes in college. And then based on like the workout regimens that the coaches gave us, they kind of found their love for that through that. So how did you get into being a health coach and personal training? So I'm actually the complete opposite of that. Mm. So growing up my entire life, I was the least athletic. Like my parents didn't put me in sports really at all. I think I was in gymnastics for maybe a year or so. Um, they tried to put me in roller hockey. Hmm. I tried being a part of the wrestling team for a while in high school, mostly because people said that girls can't do it. So I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> I didn't do well at it, but I tried, and yeah. I think that's what counts. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I wasn't involved in fitness. I knew nothing about nutrition. I actually grew up like pretty overweight. So it wasn't until after high school where 
I was getting some like really awful messages from like an ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend slash wife where I was really like, wow, these people suck. (laughs) And I sort of started that revenge bod period. So had a pretty intense weight loss journey where I lost about 30 pounds. And then from there, I just kind of followed my friends into the gym. So it was a bunch of little baby steps that led me to doing competitions and bodybuilding and whatnot. So I think I probably started my fitness journey in maybe 2015, which is a small window for some. Right. But a lot of people do start in more athletic backgrounds. So, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's comforting to some clients of mine to know that I started from nothing as well. Yeah. I mean, there's like there's got to be a relatability there for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I guess you could say the average Joes that I that I come in contact with on a regular basis, they're like, I have no idea what a squat is. So like Mm -hmm. you're you're like the most fit and professional person. Like you got to slow it down for me. And I'm like, hey, I'm normal. Like I had to learn this from scratch, too. So, yeah. Yeah. And it shows that anybody can pick it up. It's not just people who are predisposed to some some type of, you know, athleticism or physicality that can do it literally anybody can do it with with learning am I right in saying that exactly um of course everybody's starting point is going to be different but I think Mm -hmm. that's the of fitness I kind of relate it to like creatives or it's like there's so many different kinds of fitness you just have to figure out what makes sense for you like some people might absolutely hate the gym but love dance classes or something Mm -hmm. so everyone has to learn from the bottom whatever whatever realm and fitness they start out in. But yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah. I love that I can use soccer as an excuse to stay fit because I don't really like running that much. So anytime I can play soccer, I'm like, yes, there's the cardio out of the way. I don't have to go for a run because that gets a little boring sometimes for me. I don't know. Yeah. See, that's amazing. I've never been much of a runner either. So hearing soccer, I'm like, oof. <laughs> <I cannot. laughs> it's just more, I don't know, when there's an objective involved, there's it. I feel more motivated. Well, I've, obviously, I love soccer. That's like my first love, but that we won't get into that. Um, so, so now I'm curious to ask you, your Instagram bio says that you help touring artists and traveling professionals achieve their fitness and lifestyle goals while on the move. So how did you get into or and or what made you interested in working with artists and people on the move, traveling creatives? I think I started noticing little bits of this a few years back. Um, When I first started dating my current boyfriend, Trevor, it was a little over three years ago. And right at the time that I met him was when he started music. And so I would hear little things here and there. And this is like, it still wasn't a point where I was a fitness professional by any means. Like I was still very much an entry level person just going and working out. But I would hear about things like producers sitting all day with terrible posture and only drinking Soylent. (laughs) And that was (laughs) so obvious to me that that's bad. And then over the time, over a couple months, I start collecting more little things in my brain about how terribly unhealthy the producer lifestyle is. And I think there was a moment, maybe a year and a half ago now, where um, there was a really like a moderately big artist that had to cancel the other half of his tour because in the middle of his tour, he just had a mental break and could not keep going. Mm -hmm. Like the stress of touring and whatever mental health issues he had going on at the time literally stopped him from continuing to do what he's been putting in effort to do the whole time. Like I think that's a lot of musicians' dream is to like, work as hard as possible and create amazing music so that they can travel and share it with people. So when I started hearing about something that large, like that large scale happening to a producer, I was like, okay, there's something lacking, like very obviously lacking. And it just kind of clicked. I was like, oh, they don't take care of themselves very well most of the time. Right. So being that almost all my friends are in music, I have had a lot of opportunities to learn from them and interview them. I actually was able to go on a little mini tour myself for about two weeks. And I lived that lifestyle for a second. It was awful. Like it was so, like it was so hard, like not having routine and 
eating whatever it is that you're passing by and the sleep schedule is off and you're drinking and everything like it's brutal on the body. So it kind of like, I don't ever want to make a tour not fun. I just want to make it something that doesn't destroy your body. You know, like I never want an artist to come off of a tour and feel like they need a vacation from their tour. Right. So that's kind of what inspired that. Gotcha. And as you were talking, I was like trying to correct my posture because you're making me think about it a little bit more. It's, it's funny cause it's things that it, I don't, for me, I'm so dead focused and I'm sure I'm speaking for almost every other artist out there. I'm so dead focused on my computer screen in front of me that I forget about those things, the importance of those things, even just posture, which is bad. It's tough. It's so tough. And I think it's one of those things where you could do some things to help it. Like I've created different little videos to pass along to my producer friends, just like little mobility drills or mental check-ins. But, you know, building a habit of any kind is a hard one. And also it can depend on your chair. Yeah. (laughs) Like little things like that. But it's tough. I even struggle with it still. Like, Right now, I'm probably not sitting up very well at all, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did you start building good habits? Like when you began your journey to becoming a healthier person, what were some of the things that you started to do to get yourself in the right mindset and to get good habits going? Um, I think I was at a point where like, I had to address it with myself that I wanted to stop feeling bad for myself. Like There were a lot of times where you know, you had to be faced with insecurity and like making excuses to not attend things because I didn't feel good enough about the way I looked. So once you figure out your reason behind starting something, I think it all makes it a little bit easier to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I work on with all of my clients is like, you can come in here one day and say you want abs, but if you don't know why that is so important to you, the likelihood of you sticking through and like making it and achieving that is very slim. Like it can't be something superficial and temporary. It has to be a little bit deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Past that, how do you start to build good habits? Is there, is, would you like to set reminders on your phone or were there little tips and tricks that would kind of help you get over some of the humps? Because I think, you know, if you were to Google, how long does it take to build a habit? On average, it's like two months, which is a long time. And I am terrible at building habits and keeping them because like for, here's a very random example. I listened to a lot of baile funk, which has a lot of Portuguese vocal samples. And I loved it so much that I wanted to learn Portuguese. And I started on Duolingo, which is probably not the right way to learn because you have to like be in an environment to learn a language. And three weeks later, I completely stopped. I did not get that habit in place. And I don't know if I even have an answer as to why. I think I just kind of fell out of interest, but how are there any tips or tricks that you have picked up on that you share with people to kind of get over that hump where you might be starting to lose interest, but there are some things that can kind of help push you forward to build that habit? Yeah. So the Duolingo part is actually a really interesting example because um, they have a built in system like streaks, right. which feels very rewarding when you start seeing that number go up. So in order to build habits, I think it's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of check-ins. Like as soon as you feel yourself thinking about your goal less, like for example, say I was at the beginning of my journey and I'm like, I'm really gung-ho about this, but that's going to require me like working out for the first time ever or changing my eating habits. I think that that's one of the hardest things for anybody. A lot of people like to go from one extreme to another. So they like from going from not doing this thing at all to saying, I'm going to do this every day forever. And that's not something that's sustainable. So I like to encourage small changes. Say you're eating like absolute shit. Like (laughs) you eat McDonald's three times a day. It's your favorite. (laughs) Yeah. So much. (laughs) It's an exaggeration. But yeah, no, for argument's sake, for sure. Yeah. So if you are not used to eating salads ever, I wouldn't recommend you completely stop eating McDonald's three times a day and swap all of those things out for salads. I would say, let's try once every other day. 
and then once every day and little things like that so that your body can adapt and adjust and it's not so shocking mm-hmm. so that eases you in a little bit more and it doesn't feel like a total mind fuck for you right go from like one extreme to another does that make sense yeah no totally I, I mean it's it's almost like everything in moderation you know if you're trying to scale back on something it's kind of the same idea slightly different application yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly sorry i could get a little bit wordy and go on tangents in my head <laughs> no so that's but. so that is this one of the sole reasons i have a podcast is because it allows me and the people involved to talk as much as they want because it's that's the beautiful thing about podcasts so yeah no you're good i guess with anybody in their passion they get like nerdy about it <laughs> and emotional yeah. about it, and they're just like let me just tell you everything i want to talk to you about let me tell you everything <laughs> Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. And I feel what I mean, I'm, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like I get an, pretty annoying sometimes when I go on tangents about things I'm passionate about. Um, I know my girlfriend has to deal with that on a consistent basis, especially now that we're here in this apartment 24-7 together. So she's got to listen to me and listen to all my rants and tangents. We, we get to chat a lot more, which is which is great. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> she's like, I don't think it's great. You're annoying. Maybe, I don't know. I guess... I guess I haven't checked uh, checked in with her on that. Maybe she, maybe we should have a little rendezvous and see where we're at on that. I'd like to think that it, things are going just fine, though. I, I would hope. I'd hope so. So yeah. So everything in moderation. I 100 percent get where you're coming from with that, and that's something that I I don't think struggles the right word. I don't want to make it sound super negative, but when I'm striving to to make myself a better person, it's something that is. It's not realistic to to just dive into it head first and expect results right away and to expect yourself to keep up with that because you might just burn yourself out right away or you might become disenfranchised with the the healthy results you get from it. You know, if you're all of a sudden going to the gym 7 days a week, you know, you might be like, "Wow, I actually am not finding any enjoyment out of this." When there can be enjoyment to be found in working out, I've found. Absolutely. I think that happens more often than not, like if, if somebody doesn't have fitness or nutrition or like I guess you say healthy nutrition as part of their lifestyle, I think people go through phases like the new year, for example, suddenly everybody's like, I'm going to go every single day. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, going from one extreme to another and then you give it two months maybe and everyone falls off. Um, and people have different numbers that they throw around for like how many days it takes to build a habit, like 21 days two months, whatever. But, uh, the, the rule that I live by is the 80, 20 rule, which I think most people use that in regards to nutrition mm-hmm. where it's like, you are really diligent with your habit 80% of the time. The other percent of the time should be used for like, I guess not enjoyment because that's going to assume that the rest of the 80% is not fun. Right. But the other 20% can be those previous habits sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be eating on a diligent diet 100% of the time because then you're going to lead to a binge or something like that. Uh, so I think finding outside of fitness how that rule applies is going to differ from situation to situation or person to person. But I think it's a pretty great rule and it's helped myself and a lot of people I've worked with a lot as well. Yeah. Just to find some balance. Yeah. Balance is, I think, what we're all we're all searching for in life. If I'm getting, yeah. if I want to get super philosophical for a second, everyone has those moments where we need to talk about balance in life and work life balance and mental health balance. Like yeah, I don't even think it's super deeply philosophical. I think it's just absolute life necessity. I encourage the conversation about it for sure because like anything, like this whole, like last 10 minutes of the conversation we're talking about, if you're avoiding balance or not actively thinking about balance, there's going to be a breaking point. Yeah. You want those floodgates to open. <laughs> 100%. So it, it's funny that we've kind of walked into a conversation about mental health a little bit, because I'm curious to know how much of your focus when dealing with clients or even yourself or just anybody in general with fitness, how much of the focus is also on mental health? Yeah, so mental health is huge. The The funny pattern though is a lot of people when they're first getting started, they don't really wanna think about mental health because in the moment that they commit to it, they're in a good mental place. Mm-hmm. They're like 
taking a step forward, whether they just hired me as a trainer or they're finally trying to like get into the gym, build these healthy habits, they're in a good mental space. So the mental aspect for them feels like it's already there and they're nailing it. It's a couple weeks later when it, they start to fall off and they start to care a little less and they start to forget that moment of motivation that we have to really start talking about the mental health aspect. Because whether they feel like they're getting burnt out or you know, if we're working on nutrition, you wanna check in with hormones. Like it could be any of those things. So a lot of people, they just kind of brush over the mental part and then they have to really focus on it when the struggle gets hard. Mm-hmm. But it's huge, I mean, Everybody's going to be different. Like some people, the mental aspect is going to be showing up each day or having to confront their demons about their relationship with food, anything like that. Um, And so that that gets like deeply personal. And, you know, some people don't really like to talk to me much about it. And other people, they like really come to me and ask for some help on it. And within my my scope, I will give the appropriate advice, but I think there comes a point where it's entirely mental. Mm-hmm. You just like keep moving. Like your brain at some point, I, I heard this coach say this one time and I really liked it. She mentioned your brain is lying to you. Your brain is going to tell you that you are done and that you're giving up and that you can't do this thing anymore. And it's wrong mm-hmm. because you have to try and ignore all of those things And in a few days or a few weeks, you're going to be so glad you did because it's literally just that block, that that limit you've set for yourself that you have to break through once again. And it happens every couple months. You might break through it and it comes back around and you laugh at it later. (laughs) Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. Fuck you, brain. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, self, for saying that. (laughs) Yeah. I say that on almost a daily basis. Oh, so, no. No, I... What? You want to talk about it? Um, I was wondering if that's what you asked. Uh, not right Not right now. <laughs> no, it's, you know, well, I'm... Hell, I'm not a therapist, but hey. <laughs> hey, hey. I mean, no, I no, I, I will echo what you said in the importance of talking about it because it is super important. And I, uh, I'm just a generally, like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want, what are you doing to me? I'm not trying to talk about this right now. Now I'm finding myself talking about it. No, I'm just, uh, yeah, no, I, I battle with, I battle with myself mentally in almost, in a lot of things that I do, including physical health, because I, so I played soccer for one year in college and leading up to that point, that was, that was who I was. I was a, uh, an athlete and I still stay active. I still play soccer, but once I got cut from the team, I had to come to terms with becoming kind of a, just a normal person. And this is something we tapped into a little bit with Travis from Sunday sauce in in our episode together, um, because he was a former collegiate athlete as well. And I kind of had to just refocus who I was and whatnot. And now, you know, once college happened, Mm -hmm. um, I just became a little less active. And now that's something like I have that mental block where I was like, I was always that athlete and that like fit person because I was a soccer player and just like, a lot of other sports, there's a lot of endurance involved, and now I'm not at that level anymore. So that's where that mental battle kind of comes from a little bit for me, because I'm not that person anymore, but I'm trying to get back to that. But it's it's a weird dynamic. So that's kind of where I was coming from with that. So you did squeeze some out of me just now. Yeah, I I can relate to that a lot, actually. And I think that's also very common. I, I've worked with some people who have been athletes their whole life and suddenly they're 30 and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really want to be able to like do handstands for five minutes and deadlift 500 uh, pounds yeah. again. And I'm like, you know, we, yeah, baby steps. <laughs> right. But also, I mean, I guess to the point that I relate, so I didn't really mention this very much, but I was a bikini competitor in the bodybuilding world. Mm-hmm. I jumped into that pretty fast after starting my weight loss journey. I very quickly met a coach who took me under his wing and I did really well at it. I was nationally qualified and then I moved to New York and I had to like rebuild and I just stopped. Mm -hmm. So it's just very different. Like there's the mental aspect of how much of this is 
a mental block for me versus what I feel other people expect from me. So it's like, do I, do I expect myself to have abs all the time? Or do I think other people expect me to have abs all the time? Like if I want to go on a run with a friend, do I feel bad about the fact that I can't run as much? Or do I think they're going to judge me for the fact they knew me when I could run more? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much you would relate to that aspect, but, um, it is, it is a very different part of like your lifestyle. Like that might've been something that was huge in what you thought about all the time. And now it's just a portion. So I think you would probably feel the same way if you stopped doing this podcast (laughs) and then you had to reflect on how this was your entire everything for a while. And then it wasn't. Yeah. Wow. This is like really ominous. (laughs) No, I, it might be, but I also think that it's a very common thing that people think about, or maybe not, you know, in the literal sense, like compared to what we've thought about in the past based on like who we were, what who we are now. But people, I know people are thinking about this a lot because life is in phases, really. And that is definitely that resonates heavily with me because, yeah, it's it's more of like, what do you think you should be compared to like what you think people think of you? If right. I'm if I'm reiterating that I did I didn't reiterate that correctly but I I know where you're coming from on that, um, so yeah, yeah and it's funny the the people in college as a joke it wasn't I mean it sounds like it's a bullying kind of thing but it's not it was just a an inside joke when you are not an athlete anymore you become a NARP, which stands <laughs> for non athletic regular person, yeah so I, I was yeah so I was like oh no I'm a NARP now but yeah it was it was pretty funny, see and this is where the mental aspect of confidence building comes in Mm -hmm. or focusing on identity where people will identify so heavily with being an athlete or being a producer or something right in the spirit of Corona. (laughs) (laughs) Some people that don't have the ability to do what they normally do and they identify as it really forces you to confront your demons and be like, who do I, who do I think I am? And like, what do I care about? What is, who am I beyond my, my one passion that I'm focusing so heavily on? Yeah. It's funny how things like situations like these make us think about that. Cause we don't usually think about it as often when we're just kind of in the moment. It's only when we're forced to think about those things and think about who we are that we actually think about it. Man, shit. I, I did not intend for this to get so deep. <laughs> I feel like we just put everyone into therapy. Is that a bad thing? Are you upset about it? No, okay, I just cool. Cause I'm I want to be in sunshine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, that's what part two's for everyone. So get over it. Part two's the more fun part. <laughs> part one's about being sad and introspective. <laughs> part two's the, the fun stuff, which we'll get to that very shortly. Good. No, we're, nothing we're talking about has been sad. I don't think it's been sad. I think it's important. I, I like talking about this stuff too, because like I said, not enough people talk about it. And I also think hearing even if it's something you've heard before like we all we all know that let's you know say physical health we all know it comes down to mental health like it's all mental it's a mental game we've all heard that but it's important to hear that constantly because repetition just kind of like beats it into your brain and then you start to believe it so i i I find talking about this stuff is is a good thing and i don't think there's ever a limit to how often we can i think i literally said this exact statement like two episodes ago maybe somebody can pick up on that but yeah that's how i feel about it hey you're doing a good service you're sprinkling in the mental health awareness with entertainment thank you that's that's the reason i had you on the show to give me compliments (laughs) just kidding yeah so um actually that's that's yeah we'll probably end off part one here if that's cool with you so we can get to that fun stuff right after the break sure Welcome back to the Show and Tell podcast. This is part two of the show, which is Show and Tell, where I ask the guests to bring in an item of significance. They share what it means to them, why you might like it too, and we talk about it. So, Tiana, what have you brought to Show and Tell to share with me and the audience? Well, I did bring a literal object. Awesome. Uh, 
don't know how we're going to be able to share that, but I thought it was pretty important considering, I don't know, staying on the, the, the health train, I guess. Mm-hmm. I wanted brand. to share, I have this little whiteboard. I guess I'll just describe it. So it's this tiny whiteboard that I had that I bought when I was at the beginning of my fitness, like weight loss journey. And I didn't really think much of it when I was doing it, but I basically wrote my starting weight on it and I made a whole chart. So if I started at 151 pounds, I wrote 150, 149, everything. So from there, I would cross it all off. And then I also wrote down for every five pound increment what I would reward myself with, whether it was like a tattoo or new furniture for my room. And the part that became really special about this was the fact that it never erased off. (laughs) (laughs) I have this whole chart where I wrote out all these goals and I crossed off number by number as I was going through my weight loss journey until I got down to my goal. And then it just sat on my wall as I continued on with life. And when I finally went to grab it, it was completely stained into it. So it's literally just history on the board. Wow. So when you were saying to bring an object, I was literally like, I have no idea an object in my everyday life that resonates with me a lot. And then I thought about the fact that I don't hold on to things ever. Mm -hmm. This is one of those times where I I held on to this and though it was packed away, it was pretty significant. I guess that, that was like one of the things I used to maintain my habit at the time. But now it's just a cute little memorabilia that I have from when I was just a, a wee fitness lad. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's amazing. So did you just use the wrong marker or it, it just didn't erase? I think it was a shitty board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was literally just like a $5 board I, I stumbled upon in like a Michael's or whatever craft store I might have been at. Uh, Michael's. I'm, yeah, that's my store. I'm familiar with that. Oh, sweet. Yeah, uh, it must be a big chain one then because that was all the way back in California. I was making a joke because my name's Michael. It's a, it's just we can oh, move on. Yeah, yeah. Right. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. That went right over my head. I'm oblivious. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever whatever happened with this, I'm I'm happy that it happened. It was a nice accident and it's like good memories now. And I guess I kind of forget that like this is the the type of thing that motivated me before. Like it wasn't so deep and introspective. It was quite literally just crossing off a number at a time. Right. I, I think people can overcomplicate their goals so much when really it's like you can break it down into little tiny parts and make it fun. Yeah. You don't gotta, you don't gotta you know over research and <laughs> ruin your brain. Right. <laughs> So you say that you don't hold on to a lot of things. Is that just your part of your personality type? You just don't like to hold on to things? Well, growing up, I think I was surrounded by a lot of clutter. Mm. So whether it's like birthday cards or anything like that, I have such a hard time hoarding anything. I just want to get rid of everything all the time. Yeah. No, I feel that way about birthday cards too. As much as I love getting them, and I will continue to love getting them. I'll have a drawer filled with birthday cards from like three years of birthdays. And I'm like, I, it feels terrible to throw them away because it feels like I'm throwing something that a loved one gave to me in the garbage. But at the same time, why is it taking up some of my drawer space? That sounds bad when I say it. Well, to me, I always was thinking if someone wrote something very heartfelt mm-hmm. where it's like they didn't write me a card out of obligation as like a, a money delivery device. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep it. But also with the beauty of technology, you can just scan it. Scan it and throw it away. Mm-hmm. And then you That's still true. have it. Yeah. It's taking up less space. More That's space true. on your hard drive. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Then you have a different thing to declutter <laughs> if necessary. But yeah. I um my mom hates that we hold on to things too much. That's something that she would, not that I live with my parents anymore, but that's something that I would hear constantly. Like we never throw anything away. It's true. <laughs> like I, we just have 
junk and I don't know why I, I think, you know, some of it holds some sort of value. I guess maybe it's more that, oh, I might find some use for this in the future. And that's why we don't necessarily throw away things. But at the same time, I'm also very organized and like, I don't like a lot of clutter. So it's, it's not that I keep hold of things in that sense, but I keep hold of things in an organized way. So there's a lot of like, there might be a lot of shit in the drawer, but it's organized shit. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what has happened in our apartment. So for my personal belongings, I go through my drawers probably once a month and get rid of tons of shit because that's kind of whether that's me being bored or the fact that I live in a New York City apartment now and my space is extra limited. Uh, that's how I have been living. But for example, my roommate, they, you know, they hold on to all these things that are whether they're nostalgic or are super meaningful to them, like birthday cards, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they have cubbies. So it's like <laughs> right. an organized mess, you yeah. know? Yeah. But hey, I mean, whatever, whatever makes your brain feel fine. <laughs> True. Yeah. As long as it's not like hoarding. Because that I don't know if I've never seen the show, but I, I've seen what hoarding can look like. And that is a little not so good. I have lived with a hoarder. It is not so good. Okay. <laughs> you can confirm that for me then. I can confirm. And it's like they always have a reason for it. It's like everything has has a, a purpose, even if it's just that it's like a purple knickknack next to another purple knickknack. And so now I have a purple knickknack collection, which was quite literally what that hoarding situation was like. <laughs> right. You could put them together and have a, a bigger purple knickknack. Exactly. That That's quite literally, I think it was, God, must have been when I was in middle school. My dad had a girlfriend that moved in and every room had a dedicated color. Wow. And so whether she went to a garage sale and found like a green vase, she didn't put any flowers in it, but it's like she collected all of these things of various colors and every room was dedicated <laughs> to it. Wow. It was intense. <laughs> respect the hustle? I don't, do I respect that hustle? I don't know. <laughs> respect the hobby, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But you've held on to this item, the whiteboard, which I feel like we could show. I don't know. You could snap a picture of it and send it to me. Yeah. I can post it on the social medias because um, I think that'd be cool. But yeah, so I mean, do you refer to it often? Like, do you find yourself looking at it for motivation and or for kind of gratitude purposes, kind of like looking back and seeing how far you've come? So like I said, I had it put away, but I think back to it every few months and it brings like a a new appreciation. Like when you get in those moments where for me, like it's fitness has become my entire life. So sometimes it can ruin um what feels special about it when it starts to feel routine. So in the moments where I do remember it, or if I'm rummaging through and find it again, it kind of simplifies everything once again. And it, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, it makes it lighthearted and simple and kind of reminds me of who I was when I first started and how little I knew, but how blissfully unaware I was also. Right. You can have an appreciation for that now. (laughs) Do you ever, has have any of your clients ever seen it? Do you ever use it as a reference or is it more of just a personal thing? Uh, it's more of a personal thing. I think I might have posted it online at some point, maybe on my story, maybe like way back on my Instagram feed. Yeah, maybe I should share it. Maybe that's my next thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe It'll I just inspired you. Yeah, maybe it did. <laughs> maybe. You, you actually have though because I – have a picture on my phone and you are inspiring me to airdrop it to my computer and get it on a hard drive so I don't delete it. I'm the type of person where I don't have any more than like 200 photos on my phone at a time. I never, even though I have like a phone that's got like 256 gigabytes of space, which is insane. I'm never going to fill that up. I don't like to keep a lot of photos. I find that if it's something worth keeping, it's usually on my Instagram. Um, But So I have a picture from my first apartment in Boston, which we moved to two and a half years ago. So that was like the first point where I moved out of my parents after a year out of school. And I took a picture of what my studio looked like. So, you know, I had the show and tell sign that is up on my wall now and just like the desk. And it was just it was just an apartment bedroom studio, just like a lot of music producers out there. They'll look at it and be like, yeah, that's standard shit. So I took a picture of that because I want to have that as a reminder of where everything started 
So yeah, it's, it's very, that's really special. Yeah, it's, it's very much um, in the same boat as your whiteboard. So I need to put it on my hard drive just in case I delete it off of my phone because it's still there, but I want to make sure I don't delete it because that would suck. Because I did take a picture when I would, <laughs> I lived at home with my parents and I worked in the basement. So I had that very um, cliche, basically lived in my parents' basement vibe. So I took a picture of that desk, but I deleted it for not like just uh, on accident. Just didn't even realize it was in the cluster of photos I deleted. So I have to make sure that I get this one on my computer. Well, I'm glad it served as a reminder for that. Also, I guess that helped me remember that maybe my phone is the one thing that I hoard, I guess, because hearing you have 200 photos is nuts. Because for me, if I do like a a giant photo shoot trying to just catch my makeup correctly one day, I would ne- I'll never delete any of those photos mm. for no reason. So I just have thousands of photos on my phone that drive me crazy every day, but I also don't want to go through all of them. It's interesting because my girlfriend's phone has a lot of photos and I find her going through them from time to time, just seeing like, you know, just old nostalgic pictures. We have a puppy, so he obviously looks a lot different than how he looked when we first got him. So she has way more pictures. Thankfully, Instagram saves stories so I can go back and see those. But she has like pictures that are more of a marker of where, you know, how he's grown. So that that's just one example. So I, I admire that quality because I sometimes like don't think about that. And I that's why I just like, it's more of like, I don't want to have, it's more of, a, it's, it's not OCD, but it's like kind of like an OCD tendency where I just don't, it almost like makes me a little anxious to have all of that in the folder. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Well, from what we gathered between the difference in your rooms and the puppy, you... You appreciate growth, which is good. Yeah, hundred percent. I always want more than what I have now. I think that's with the same with a lot of people. But I try to be satisfied with where I'm at now because it's better than where I was before. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say be satisfied with where you're at. I think having an appreciation for where you're at. Right. But right. if you ever reach a point where you're just like, "Yeah, I'm good. Like, I just want to stay right here." I think that's like the worst place to be. No, I, you I agree. Always just keep, keep building, keep wanting more. And I don't think that's, that's greedy or selfish or anything. I think that's ambition. That's the only way that we can stay motivated to do anything is keep wanting more. We're never done. No, a hundred percent. I 1000% use the wrong word because when you explained it, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm actually 100%. I'm why am I keep using percentages? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> satisfied. I'm never satisfied with where I'm at. No matter like how far I've come, I'm never satisfied with where I'm at to a fault. But yeah, no, I think it's yeah, just like kind of realizing the work that you've put in and seeing some sort of just recognizing growth, I think is a, is, is what I meant to say, just kind of having that recognition, but not being satisfied. I, I agree with you on that. I think that is a bad mindset to have. I think it must be a creative person thing to never be satisfied to a fault. Mm -hmm. Like I think it was your previous podcast where someone was talking about being a perfectionist, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a, like a creative person problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, that's a really awesome item that you shared. And like I said, I think we could definitely put a picture up of it on the social media channels so people can kind of see it and hopefully maybe that'll spark some inspiration or um, motivate them to do something similar or maybe look back at some some sort of memorab- memorabilia or trinket or something that triggers some some uh satisfaction there's the word again not satisfaction but gratitude towards where they have come in life so i appreciate you sharing that yeah it's really awesome i guess one more thing uh if that is a tool for people just as like simplifying their goals, I also want to throw in a couple people that I would really recommend people check out if they're wanting to pay more attention to health. A really great reference that I turn to often. Are you familiar with Gary Vee? Mm-hmm. So I follow his personal trainer. I think he has two different personal trainers. But one of them has fully taken on like the Gary Vee type personality online. So he's pumping out content like not like nonstop. And it's all very science based and very fun and easy to digest. His name is Jordan Syatt. Uh, okay. And he's just phenomenal. So if you ever want 
some no bullshit fitness information. It's truly a blast to watch. Um, and one other person that comes to mind, she's, I would say she's less like big online, but I can really appreciate her. Her name is Mackenzie. And I think her handle is like MBP fitness. The only way I remember that is because it sounds like MacBook pro fitness. <laughs> right. Yeah. She is phenomenal when it comes to a mental connection to nutrition. She's amazing with people who feel like they might be disordered or have a bad relationship with food and really correcting that. Whereas, you know, I, I try to stay a little bit distant from that just because I don't totally feel qualified to talk about it. So if anybody listening to this right now feels like they need a resource, those two people are amazing and I could not recommend them more. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll get that information from you and put them in the show notes, which will be at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell, which I'll mention again. But yeah, no, three for one special on show and tell. I, I love it. I'm sure there are some people out there who want to who are probably feeling motivated just by hearing this podcast. I'd hope so. That sounds very like pretentious that I was like, yeah, you guys are probably motivated as fuck right now. This podcast is so inspiring. That's not what I'm trying to say. But maybe you've found some some, you know, some uh, information that is making you think certain ways or thinking differently, or maybe you're, yeah. maybe you are feeling motivated. I don't know. And then you want to go check out some more so you can go find <laughs> the Tiana and the other people she just mentioned. And that's, that's what I have to say about that. I'm so good at this. I think it's, I think it's great. And to be fair, I, from what I know, I think this is a pretty different change of content for your podcast, right? I think it's mostly yes. music talent. So if for some reason someone is listening to this and they want to take it as a sign to maybe, you know, focus on on habits, mental health or fitness, whatever it may be. Like, let this let this be your guide. Yeah. No, I was incredibly excited to get you on because I love all of my guests that I've had on. And I love, you know, hearing different perspectives from people who do similar things. But I really like having on people who do different things and, you know, but kind of still within the same space. So that's why I was really pumped to have you on and, you know, share your perspective and talk about something else that, you know, might not be talked about enough in the the creative sphere that we live in. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in a pretty unique position to be so deep into the, the fitness and health world, but have also such a huge connection, my everyday life and all of the people I surround myself with are in music. And so, uh, I like to be, I like to be as much of a tool as possible and like help as many people as I possibly can. Cause I know that I'm just trying to sneak my way in there and make you guys healthier people. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, um, I will give you a minute or however long you want to take hopefully not like 10 minutes, but I'll give you some time to plug your channel so that people can go find you. But before we get to that, I'd like to do one more quick snippet and people who have listened to the show will know what's coming. If you haven't, this is what's coming. I want you to share with the audience something that you didn't learn in school. And that is, you know, something that you've picked up in your daily walks of life, a life hack, some wisdom, anything you want to share with the audience. It could be quite literally, and I mean it quite literally anything you want. And yeah, share with the audience. What is something that you have not learned in school or did not learn in school? I would say do whatever it is that you want to, even when others are advising against it. Because a lot of the time, especially from older people, our parents, our teachers, anyone like that, <laughs> it's a completely different generation. And I think a lot of people are going to steer you away from following what it is that you are passionate about. And with the world we are living in today with social media and technology, we have endless resources. So like dive headfirst and do whatever the fuck it is you want to do and be persistent and amazing things will happen. That's real. Just kind of listen to yourself, listen to your heart. I would advise against doing some certain things, maybe like, like cutting okay. your fingers off. <laughs> If that's what you're passionate about, oh, okay. <laughs> if you are like so dead set on cutting your fingers off, I hope it's lucrative, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess if it's like if you needed need to do it for your job, maybe you're joining the circus or something that that would I don't know, maybe there is a benefit to it, but I, I just at the forefront of my mind, I feel like that's not the move. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> okay. Um 
always keep in mind that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're looking around, yes, if you're looking around at your main circle and these people aren't inspiring you and making you want to be better and work your ass off, and if these people are negative, you might want to reevaluate your circle because you are picking up on their habits and their mindset so much more than you can imagine. So think about that and reassess that. Yeah, 100%. I, cu- I couldn't say it any better. If I were to rephrase it, I couldn't because that's exactly you're the sum of the five people you're closest to at any given moment because you can change it. Like you said, you, you can you can reevaluate and change that. So, yeah, preach once again, preach to that. <laughs> so now before we end the show officially, this is your opportunity, Tiana, to tell everyone what you've got going on, maybe how people can kind of support you during this time, if possible, or where they can find you on social media and all of that good shit. So take it away. Yeah, so I'm primarily on Instagram at Tiana Young underscore. I also am putting out some YouTube videos. You can pretty much find me on any real social media platform at this point, just trying to drop some knowledge bombs for you. I do a lot of online coaching, especially right now during the quarantine. So tomorrow, actually on the 15th, I am releasing a home workout guide for strength training. And aside from that, I do personalized programming and skill building and any of that stuff. So if you have any questions, if you want advice, if you need programming, nutrition help, any of the sort, send me a DM and we can figure something out because I want to help. Hell yeah. And all of those links, as I mentioned before, will be at the show notes, soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. And if you want to get in touch with us, we're at let's show and tell on social media. You can check us out after you check out literally everything Tiana has on her Instagram. I want you to go like and comment on every single post. I don't know how many posts you have, but maybe that's something that, you know, we have a lot of time on our hands nowadays, so maybe that's something people can do <laughs> to kill time. I don't know. But um, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And if you, the listener enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend as you should share anything that you enjoy because sharing is caring. Peace.